hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the Lost in Translation Fan Club podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's turf talk, unfortunately. You've got me and you've got Jim Watson. Unfortunately. Once again. Oh, I'd prefer the Lost in Translation Turf Talk podcast, Jim. It's pretty much what Can we have is. sponsorship off Colin Tizard and Coral, please? Yeah, and, and anything. Just just, just chuck, chuck money at us to talk <laughs> about the horse we always talk about. He's anyway. now the header in my uh, Twitter profile. Paisley Park's just been shuffled aside. And that jump that he did the other day was humongous. Has now been put as my header. Yeah, as, we've, as Jim's been saying there, Lost in Translation impressing us really. But he wasn't the only star to get the season underway this week. And there's a lot to talk about. Novice chasers, novice hurdlers. There's, a, there's been a lot of action in these past seven days, to be honest. Yeah, some competitive graded racing at Down Royal at Weatherby and some controversy at Ascot. We'll also be looking forward to Wincanton's big weekend of Rio, headlined by the elite hurdle. Let's get stuck into it, mate. Yeah, let's get on with it. Lost in translation again. A super quick jump there from Count Maribel in second. Robbie Power has a glance in behind. Count Maribel's hard at work in second. Whereas Lost in translation has Billy gone through the gears here. He's going to race on clear at the line to win with plenty in hand. And we're going to start this week discussing four novice chasing performances, all of which from horses who should be targeting grade ones at the Cheltenham Festival. Somerville boy, Black Ops, Sam Spinner and Sam Crow, all winners over fences this week. All possibly going into the season with something to prove to varying degrees. All of them though flawless so far. Yeah. Sam Crow, Jim, I've, I backed for the JLT before his debut at Down Royal and I couldn't have been happier with it. He looks well back to himself. I was never ever convinced that he'd lost it. And in my, in my eyes, he's the one they've all got to beat this season. Yeah. Um, well, it's that, them far, aren't they? I don't know. Something must have just gone wrong last season. Could have been the equine flu. Um, I, I, I was really impressed with Sam Crow. Uh, he jumped exceptionally, I thought. Uh, Keith Donahue gave him a cracking ride. Did we learn much about him? Probably not. He should have been winning that anyway. Um, but his jumping was very, very good. And that's all I can really say about it. At, at this stage, you want it to be as straightforward as possible. Yeah, it, don't, it doesn't have to be mind blowing, but but should be beating Sussex Road. Yeah, you should be beating Sussex Road. You should be beating Sussex Road. Well, that's questionable. But I, I I thought it was a very 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 uh, impressive debut, really, especially given that you know in the same race, Dortmund Park, who was you know. Rated one, a grade one uh, winning hurdler. Yeah, one sixty rated. Yeah, I think of something around there or thereabouts. You know, put in a display of how not to do. Oh, it was an horrendous. Obvious, an obvious chasing performance. So you know, for, for all we're saying, it's it's easy enough for Sam Crow, and you know he he's done in you know he's he's won at freeze on, which is exactly what he should have been really. The fact that he's just got the job done to me. You know, it, I, I can't take anything away from yeah. that, and I think it's he's, he's done. Was there much movement in the market to. after his win? S- uh, seventh one favourite so for so the JLT. And now. what was he before that race? Do you I'm know? on at twelves. So a fairly big move. I think. Oh yeah, and and that that that's why I backed him because if if he won, he, if he won that, he was always going to shorten into yeah. five, well, and he was always going to win that. That's what you've got when you're playing the anti-both markets. That's what I find because it was the Verton Fortuitary on. Friday night, and before the race, I thought I, I really liked the profile of Kim Ross. I was really impressed with his debut, so I backed Kim Ross for the Guineas, and I and then as soon after the race, I still it still offered me cash out my stake, so I just cashed out because I thought well if he'd have won he'd have halved in price, and if he'd have lost he he stayed the same, so I'll, I'll keep my stake. So just advice out there for anti-post players yeah that, yeah, that, 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 that's something for me that, that's along the same lines of why I'm on presenting Percy for the Gold Cup just in terms of if he wins first time up everyone forgets what happened in yeah. last season's Gold Cup yeah. and he's back to being you know one of the leading chasers around you know he, he, if he wins the John Durkin he's not going to be 16-1 to 20-1 for the Gold Could Cup be at least 10s exactly so it's it's just so, playing the anti-post markets isn't it and that, that's where I find my most fun in to be fair Look, look at the start of the season following a horse and thinking yeah he'll go for it he could go there and 
if you've got the twelves about Sam Sam Crow, exceptional. Yeah, the Brookhouse pair, Somerville boy, Blackop, both absolutely woeful last season. Blackop jumped like a snooker table uh, in in the dip and obviously chased, wasn't it? Or was it the race? No, it was the race down at Exeter, was it? Or did he run in both? It was on the blind side, I'm thinking of, who got beat in the dip, he ran wasn't at, it? He ran at Exeter behind Deffy Desai yeah. in top of the game, And didn't, didn't know how to jump. Yeah. Uh, and then went back over hurdles and was also very bad. And he did run in the dipper as well. Did he? Yeah. Oh, behind lost in translation, Deffy Desai. I know more than I thought. Than I thought I did, and uh, Somerville boys just never turned up at all last season. They look well back to themselves. Although I would argue Somerville boy arguably a luckier winner. Yeah, I, 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 of the Brookhouse duo, I think Black Op would be more for me at this moment in time. I, I was really quite impressed with the way he jumped. Uh, he made all and given given a really attacking ride by uh, Johnny Burke, and it were a decent race. Very decent race. Mr. Antolini and Liz Nagar Oscar last season were no mugs, were they? Um, Good one, mid 140s on his uh, Liz Nagar Oscar's disappointed twice now. Um, something's just not quite right with him, is he? Well, he's just been beaten by, has he just not been beaten by better horses? Or, or possibly speedier horses, because they've been over two mile four last time. Yeah, exactly. And Ard Leffen did the form, no arm, who beat. Who beat Liz Nagarowska first? Up. He ran a good mm. race against Sam Spinner. I thought he who's, did. Who's taken his record from uh, to two out of two over fences? Jim, there's a lot of people who quite like knocking Sam Spinner, but I don't think he's done anything um, wrong this no, season. I don't. I, I love him. I think he's 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 exciting to watch. He's a horse that can get that gets me to go. Oh, Sam Spinner's running today. I'm going to have to watch him because he's an absolute fruitcake. No, he's not. He Stop is. calling because every horse a fruitcake. Because he was jump. He he just jumps out. Was he jumping out to the right? Was it at Weatherby? He's 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 just not. In my mind, Jim, fruitcake is York Hill. Right. Is early. Is you know Mad Moose is early Tidal Bay. Right. It's not a horse with one slight quirk. If you were in charge of the NXS, you'd be sectioning everyone. Yeah. Left, right, and centre. There'd only be you left on streets. That's your plan, isn't it? It's because there'd be no one else in Greg's, and you could have as many steak bakes as you like. Oh, cheers. Thank, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, going back to Sam Spinner, um, I, I think he's a, he's a tr- tremendous horse for J- Jed O'Keefe and Connections, isn't he? Uh, Joe Colliver gets on so well with him. I th- I, he's an absolute cracking animal to watch. Uh, he's only, I, I put this on Twitter, he's only little, isn't he? But he's got a heart of absolute gold he'd carry on trying straight to the end such a warrior and uh, I hope he just wins something big this season and silences the doubters really would you have him as an RSA prospect at this point no I wouldn't Um, we've said in this season and even in our preview that the RSA is deep Um, but is is he not the best senior senior staying hurler to to go chase him for a while and therefore, do we, are we in danger, as like we've said, over overrating and obviously an underestimating proven form in the book? This yeah. is a horse who was second to Paisley Park in the stairs hurdle. Yeah. And we're writing him off as not being good as Manella Rindo and Champ. Is yeah. that that's is that foolish? Yeah, it, it is. And there is a big novice bias, isn't there? I, I do it all the time. I, I see a novice and think, God, there's so much improvement left in him. And then get done over by the older horse who's been there, done that, worn the T-shirt. That's the only negative next to his name. We know where we stand with him, but he could progress. The, the novice could progress so much more. Um, I, I, like you said, he did finish second in the... Um, finish second in the stairs of the last season behind Paisley Park. That was probably a better performance than Manella Indoor winning the Albert Bartlett. But... He's thirty-three to one. He's still available, Jim. I like that each way. He's a massive price, isn't it? Bearing in mind other horses who are thirty-three to one include not many left, who was placed in the Potemps last year. That's a handicap over the same distance. Sam Spinner was second in the championship race. Master Tommy Tucker, I know it's a horse you like, but he's ninety percent reputation. Yeah. Rather than anything he's actually achieved on track. Commander of Fleet's available at 16 to 1, who's not going to run this season. So you could have a horse who was won twice already over fences, done it pretty well, especially bearing in mind first time was over such an inadequate trip, was second in the championship race at the Cheltenham Festival last season. He's rated upwards of 160 as a hurdler, and he's 33 to 1. 
to win the RSA Chase, Jim, I'm going to play. Are you going to back him? I don't think he's. I don't think he's a winner, but he should be half that price. Yeah. Lorena, he's 14. Surely she doesn't end up here. It's an insult, isn't it? You know, bright forecast. He's obviously taken a knock. He's he won't enter. Was he meant to be running last weekend or this weekend? Can't quite remember. He's 20s. Cracking smarts, 25 to one, with a bookmaker. That have Sam Spinner the same price. If anyone watched Cracking Smarts chasing debut, you could add two zeros to that, <laughs> and it'd, it'd still be too short. I genuinely, mate. I've, and I, I had a look the other day, and it just stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah, stuck out like a sore thumb. And I'm not saying, you know, he, he doesn't. He might not have as high a ceiling as ones above him in the market, but I still think the carrots, the carrots there. Finn on Barnes, 25s. Yeah, exactly, mate. These, these, these horses who are just £30 superior, <laughs> sorry, inferior yeah. to Sam Spinner over hurdles and, and, haven't, haven't, and haven't achieved as much as what he's done over fences so far that are, shorter, that are shorter in the market. We're not saying Sam Spinner's a... Superstar is going to romp the division, are we? But if we're saying a quarter of the odds, 33s, you're getting 8-1 to one, Sam Spinner being in the first three in the RSA. Cracking price. Yeah, it's a fifth of the odds, isn't it? They're all stingy at this stage. But that's still fair enough. Still fair enough. I think I might play with that, Jim. Of the four of them that we've just discussed, though, are we calling? And I put a poll on Twitter and it were over 60% in favour of Sam Crow, who's the likeliest one to win at the festival. Probably Sam Crow. Um, no offence to any of the other three. They're all great types. Black Op... I still can't remove from my memory what he did last season and same with Somerville boy and Sam Spinner's exposed but I'd love I'd love Sam Spinner to win at Cheltenham I'd have, even if I didn't have any money on him I'd shout the house down Can I just mention as well because I know some someone mentioned to me on Twitter about Sam Crow's they'd like to see Sam Crow in the Arkle Yeah? I wouldn't No? Wrong move No The long, long term target for him surely is going to be the Gold Cup in 2021 so do you think Sam Crow's more stamina, or does he have stamina and speed? Bit of both, but surely it'll be JLT this season, and then like like the route they took with Sir Deschamps. Yeah. Rather, yeah. you know, if, if they're gonna try and camp, because they are, they they're gonna try and make Sam Crow into a Gold Cup horse in 2021. Yeah, they are. So there's no point in dropping back to two miles for the Arkle, especially when they started him off over two and a half. That's just the last point I've mentioned. It's a JLT, I think, will be his target this season. Uh, there were also two. Tidy enough novice hurdling victories over the weekend that we like to touch on. Envoy Allen, people keep telling me he's not the real deal. He keeps proving them wrong. He he's done is. nothing, nothing wrong so far. Couldn't have well, like pretty much like Sam Crow, straightforward enough job on Hurdle's debut, but did it with the minimum of fuss. And Jim, you were very taken by Fury Road in the first at Down Royal on Friday. Yeah, uh, he won by half the track. Really jumped really well. Um, I was really, really impressed and looks another decent type for Jiggingstown. Uh, faced the odds, that was an expensive purchase uh, for Noel Mead and he'd gone well in a point-to-point and he absolutely blitzed him and I could see him being an Albert Bartlett horse this season. Um, stepped up to two miles six, he's, he's had point-to-points over three miles. He's beaten some nice horses previously. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing him in the bigger races this season. Yeah. Uh, running a bumper as well back end of Punchestown last season only four of them but that looks like a race to follow you raised me up already a winner this season so too six shooter have we seen the big getaway out who went off on odds on Fab for that no we haven't but that's a Willie Mullins horse in the uh, melon colours and the Alboon photo colours yes as if, you've not said, as if you said melon or Alboon photo melon's been around longer haven't they? they'll always be melons colours to me they'll be Alboon to me and Fury Road Fury Road was Beating a length into third in that race looks like one to follow. Uh, but that uh, was over two miles. Yes, it does. It looks a forest state. It looks like a three-miler. Yeah. yeah, and anything you want to add about M. Violin, or was it just a case of be- uh, job done? It just better than everything else in this race. He, he was. I, I was just taken by the way he, he, he was ridden and the way he travelled. He made all. He jumped exceptionally well. Stayed on strongly. be interesting to see where they go with him. At Cheltenham because he could he could easily go for the supreme, but 
I'd prefer him over further. I think Ballymore. You think Ballymore's perfect for him? Again, I think, like I say, I, I think his future will be as a staying chaser. So, Ballymore for Envoy and uh, Malone Road for the Super A. There's a lot of people saying that, ain't there? But there's a lot of people saying that. There's some money on that. We're, we're on the big time if them two come in at Cheltenham. Well, we need... we. I need to see Malone run back. I don't. I don't like. I wouldn't back a horse anti post after an injury as serious as he had yeah. straight away. I'd like to see him prove that he's still still the horse he is. And then later on on the card where Envoy Allen won at Down Royal on the Saturday, the first grade one of the season went to Roll to Respect, beating Clandes Oboe. Alfred Oboe, disappointing effort from Delta Work. I really, really thought. We disappointed. How could you not be? How could you not be disappointed with that? He didn't jump well enough, did he? Um, Gordon Elliott said he'd need the run. I'm, I'm willing to give him another go. Scratchy. Yeah. It was a scratchy performance, and he never, ever looked comfortable. Drifted on the day he were fav. Fav in the morning. Went off second fav. I don't know, mate. I wasn't convinced at all. He's better than that, but... And I know, I know you can give the example of it being first time up, but let's be fair, Gordon Elliott's not sending an horse to a grade one half. You know, halfway there. I think, I think the only, I'm not sure, because I think, I don't think Nichols will have had Clandis Oboe's revved up, as he probably will be at Cheltenham or for, the, for his King George to main target, to be fair. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I can't see him coming on for the run, but the idea that, you know... Road to respect's been tuned up for this race after his win last year. This is his main target of the season. No, it's uh, I think everyone's main target comes later in the year, though, Jim. I know half of this. I know you say this is half down to fitness, but Delta Work just wasn't very good. If they were to run this in March, Glandisobo or Delta Work would win this. Well, you say that, but are we just in such danger of underestimating road to respect as we do all the time? Because he was second in the Irish Gold Cup. He won this. He's been fourth in a Gold Cup, third in a Ryanair. He's profiled, mate, since since he won at the Cheltenham Festival uh, back in 2017. Has been ridiculously solid. Grade 1 winner of the Christmas Chase two years ago. His, his record in this is 2-1-1. You know, the, the idea that this this is his only target to me isn't doesn't stack up in terms of in terms of what he's gone on to do later in the season because he's won a grade 1 in December. He would have won a Grade One in February last season if it, you know, he got to within what ahead of Belzil. Yeah. So it's it's not for me that this that this is Road to Respect's Day of the Sun and this is the only day that matters to him. You know, because the yeah. the evidence just doesn't points points to the otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand your point, but I'm I'm stuck in my way that I think he was revved up and perfect, dead on ready for this race, unlike some of the others in this field. So why 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 is, is that the only reason why he's been able to beat Clanders or Bowen Delta work? Or bear in mind that he's rated one six six, Clanders one seventy, Delta work one six three. Are these just three horses who are really rate should be rated within one or two pounds of each other? And on another day you could get another result. Yeah. So we're underestimating Road to Respect. Are we overestimating Clanders or Bowen Delta work? Probably, yeah, and it's probably because and I don't want to sound weird here, but English bias. I think I I seem to rate English horses when they run in Ireland more than what I should, probably should have. Do you understand? I I do. I don't. It's not something I I do myself because I like Delta work for this race. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Uh, I, I I see where you're coming from, but. I, it's not something I'd buy into. I I was disappointed with Delta Work. I know I know yeah. I know you really weren't, but I don't. And look, you can make an excuse for it being this seasonal reappearance. It's never an excuse I like to use, unless it's so obvious on the track, like with Getaway Trump, yeah, who clearly blew up and clearly wasn't short of fitness. Del, Delta Work just you would have liked to see more from his jump. It, 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 it just never went a yard. Never no. went a yard. Clenders or bow adequate. Adequate would that be the word you'd use to yeah, describe it? Adequate. Not 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 great. Not well. Not great. Not not bad though. He's he's, he's ran to an all right level. Maybe probably a couple of pounds below his best. But road to respect has ran right up to his best. And like we said in the preview, even though we kind of called him the West Ham of horse racing, 
West Ham can win games if teams underperform. I mean, they're not doing that at the minute. Maybe <laughs> at the start of the season they were, but not at the minute. And Rotary Specs done that again, so fair play to Noel Mead and Sean Flanagan, he's an horse. We do actually have quite a lot of time for, even though we do try and get him beat every single time. And <laughs> you know what, fair play to him for making us look like fools. Uh, other action at Down Royal, Jim. Kurt Sublime has entered the champion hurdle picture with his win in the WKD hurdle. Daylight Katie won the grade three novices. It was really good on earliest day, wasn't it? It was. Um, and Real Steel took the grade two. Chase, do you have anything to say about any of those? Um, but apart from Kurt Sublime, um, Gordon Elliott said after the race, at home he works one, like one of the best horses he's ever trained. Now, I know that's on the gallops and people can say that every single day, but I was really taken with his performance. Um, he was second behind Pentland Hills last season in the Champion Hurdle, in the Triumph Hurdle, sorry, and he certainly got into the Champion Hurdle picture after beating beating a field by 50 lengths and Coco Beach and Triplicate and North Muggs Alley. At grade two level, they are Muggs. I'm sorry. Cursibly, bear in mind, you, you'd want the winner of the Triumph, sorry, the second in the Triumph to do this to the second in the Fred Winter all day long. He's absolutely smashed it. The best rival he's beaten here is beaten Coco Beach is rated 142. Cursibly, there's only three pound difference in ratings. Though, I know, but that 145 looks lenient for him. Bearing in mind the form they've showed last season, Cursibly was competing in the graded novice race, the graded juvenile race, with Coco Beach was competing in handicaps. Yeah, you know, he was always. I mean, he's more than a three pound superior horse than Coco Beach. He's shown that today. And the fact that he's kind of entered the triumph hurdle market off the back of beating, you know, a group of horses who bear in mind just a par was rated hundred and forty two last season. Yeah. You know. If 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 a hand you know, if a chaser beats just a par fifteen lengths, you don't suddenly go gold cup contender. <laughs> you go, that's exactly what you should be doing. Right. You know what I mean? And look, I can I I can see why people are saying that because it was mightily impressive is 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 you know, literally walked round. You know, he's come home, and I bet you didn't even know he had a race. No. But I think it's very, very indicative of the champion hurdle market that Cursibly has been able to win the most mediocre grade two I've seen in a long time, and is now suddenly some people's uh, idea of a potential champion hurdle winner. Team Honeysuckle. Well, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, he's hurt a crack at a grade one. Yeah. He's hurt a crack at a grade one with this. But that's where we that's where, where we'll find that where he is. It might be a bit quick. Might be the turnaround might be a bit quick. There's a race at Christmas, isn't there? Yeah. But he's he's earned a crack at it, but I would like to pour a, a bit of cold water on this victory. Fair do. Because like we said, he's beaten horses. <laughs> who just have no right to be in a grade two. Yeah. Uh moving on to the domestic action on Saturday. Jim, you were at Weatherby. Good day. Cold and wet. That's the only words I can possibly describe the day. Wetterby. Wetterby. It was... I drove up to North Yorkshire on the Friday night and it was absolutely... I didn't stop raining. Did you stay over? Yeah, I went up to my family's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the M62 was closed. Had to do bypass. It took me about two hours to get up. Um, absolutely horrendous. But the weather was... The Weatherby ground staff did such a good job because from the whole time I was in North Yorkshire, it did not stop raining. It was awful. And there was some cracking racing, great racing atmosphere on Saturday. They all felt like proper national racing fans. There was none of these no sock brigade at Hay Dock in the summer. Oh, it really... You hate anything at least modern or or cool. They were full of proper racing people who were there with the big coats on and flat caps. To be fair, I I wore no socks to a a Stradivarius and Batash day. I I, I had my suit on and I didn't have any socks because it was too warm. And Jesus Christ, I had new shoes on and my feet were in absolute bits. I don't understand how people can do it. I went to to play snooker after and I were having to play snooker barefoot. Because my feet were so the wrecked. Amount, the amount of times I've been to race courses, I've just seen people's 
lads' ankles who were just sliced open. Oh, man, were bleeding. It's inso- I, I, I don't know what. But just wear socks. Just wear socks. What, what's oh, wrong? I did, I did on eBay day. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's too hot. If it's too cold, I, I have about three pairs of socks on. But it's a proper. It's a proper Daily Mail, your dad. Oh, uh, thing to it complain really, about. And it's it's it's, it's, really it's someone racing. Oh, we don't like vegans and we don't like people with no socks on. <laughs> That's what it is, and it? it's that that sort of brigade. And if you if you're one of them and you listen to us, just let people be. Let people be. No harm done by not wearing any socks unless unless it's my own ankles. And I've learnt my lesson. I just I just feel for people who do not wear socks with like suit shoes, for example, because. It must. It mustn't be comfortable. Is it comfortable? Oh no! Like I said, I I I I had to go barefoot because you were hurting too is much. Is it pure just for the look of it, rather than because oh, my ankles are being pieces? Yeah, they were, and I've learnt my lesson, Jim. I've learnt my lesson. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. Good. But also, it's one. Of, it's one of the things racing Twitter seems to get most upset about for no reason whatsoever. Well, I think I, I'll put myself in that category. I think I get wild. Oh, you like getting... Well. You, you, you love a moan, though. Yeah. You love a moan. Speaking... And now it's my time to have a moan, Jim, because uh, the Bet365 hurdle, the West Yorkshire hurdle, as it's really known, and the Charlie Hall chase, what they told to me was that no horse who ran at Weatherby on this day will win a Grade 1 this season. Correct. No horse that ran on the day will win a Grade One um, at Weatherby, because Envoy Allen ran on the day. But yeah, um, no, they probably won't. Not unless Lady Buttons goes for the mare's hurdle. Is there anything to? I mean, do you want to talk about the West Yorkshire hurdle? It was, to be fair, Jim, two Tafts who isolated who actually ran quite yeah. well, but it was a ridiculously it, bad race. It was eye, really eye catching. He travelled really well and just blew up in the final stretch. Lebrun looked like. He'd had a right good summer. He'd eaten everything in the field possible. He'd come in looking like a bull. So he'll certainly improve for that. He would beat f- pretty early on, straight away. Yeah, never won um, I couldn't believe Bally Andy went off favourite. I thought that was absolute ludicrous. The world's ends dictated from the front. Very good ride from Heskin. Uh, Tom George's horses are running very, very well at the minute. And yeah, He's got God's own in the Holden Gold Cup going for the hat-trick today. This, af- this afternoon. By the time. It goes out. He'll have won. Know. <laughs> yeah, he'll have won. Well, I've, I've tipped him in my, in my new daily column on whataretheodds.co.uk. You can read that if you want. Cheeky little Up plug. the plug-in. Uh, you know what I mean, Harry? Consistent. I think he'll improve for this run. He didn't look exactly revved up for this performance. Um, two taffs. It was good to see him back. It was a race where I just watched. And I just sort of went, yep, yeah, I, I knew sort of what was going to happen. It was going to be between the world's end and you know what I mean, Harry. And the added bonus of two tasks running well was interesting. Yeah, I mean, the real winner from this race is Paisley Park because he's just sitting at home laughing at I would have lot. absolutely loved to have laughing seen him turn up this in lot. this because he would absolutely slaughter them, wouldn't he? Well, he would slaughter everything. The world's end as well was my... I had money on the world's end uh, for the Potemps last season a couple of weeks before the race. Interesting. Well, he didn't run. Yeah, no. He went for the world hurdle yeah, instead, no. and he, well, he were off. He, he were off like one four. He were off the mid mid one forties, and I'd have thought he, he would have been were, well interested. Oh, it were thirty threes, and I thought, surely, surely, surely they'll take advantage of this reduced mark. And now they they, they had a tilt for the stairs. I was gutted. He probably would have won the potent. Well, I hope he would have done that. I, I can say that in hindsight because it makes me look like a very very good <laughs> judge. But fair play to Tom George, who is flying at the minute, and Adrian Heskin. The Charlie Hall Jimbo, Bally Optic, absolutely abysmal all of last season. Uh, the King of the Plodders, elegant escape in second. Uh, I think he should have won. Why? Um, the headway he made between the third and the second, I thought he was going to win the race. I know he was plodding doing what he normally does, but... I, I thought he was coming to win the race. Um, take, I better talk about Bally Optic, to be fair. Um, it's, it's just it's Bally Optic, isn't it? I, I left the car park, well, flooded car park in a bit of anger, to be fair, that he'd won. Because, Why? Because I had a shortlist of five, and the two that weren't on it were Molly the Dolly <laughs> and Bally, Bally Optic, Optic. And they were the two that I thought I had no... I was sat and thinking, well, the only thing that could put Bally Optic in this race was the ground. He loves bottomless ground. Now, he's going to go to 
the better fair chase now and run against Bristol Demire lost in translation and go get absolutely spanked around the track because it's a oh just another rant he's he's not good enough no Jim but a bad a bad year don't make a bad horse like no. we've seen with Deffy Desai yep it was back, you know, back to in, in, in consideration even. for every everything. Yeah, like you said, Sam Crow. I mean, some of the boy and Black Op weren't even bad. They were absolutely horrendous yeah. all of last season, yeah. and have at least come back to, you know, a degree of what they're capable of. Ballyoptic was horrendous last year. He's always been highly rated, though, isn't it? If you go through, even in his hurdle career, he well, was, was a great one winner. Yeah, hundred. He beat him by, you know what I mean, Harry, off hundred and fifty-nine. He's he's always been well regarded and run well. Yeah, it was just. I mean, look, he was second in the Scottish National, so you could see them why they can't why they campaigned him as a Grand National horse. Maybe he was just better than a, a bit better than a slow boat, and he wasn't enjoying, you know, the plodding. Yeah. The plodding. You know, how far did he get in the national? Far out. He was never, never involved there, so I couldn't see him enjoying that again. But yeah, like I said, this race should have no relevance on the Gold Cup. You were you were saying it's more of a Grand National trial. Which is something I'd agree with. Lebago, Topville Ben ran well for it a, a way out. I thought. I, I think he'll certainly improve for that run. He can pick up little Grade Three novice jerseys around the country. I think he's not a novice. Uh, did I say a novice? Yeah, a handicap. Uh, pick up like running in top weight like Frodon did last season. That's one. That's, that's his level. He's a decent enough handicap. He'd have been better off in the race vindication a, one. Aso ran a good, well enough race. I thought. Uh, he just. I don't think he stayed. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I can see that. And Labago, Jim, you you fought the ground. Too bad to be true. Um, never really travelling. Um, didn't jump well. I, I I think the return to better ground will probably see her in best effect. And I hope everything's all right with her because I haven't really heard much from the Warren Grey Trex yard. So hopefully she's come back safe and everything's good. Yeah. She's a cracking mare. And just a quick mention as well, everyone likes Lady Button. It's good to see her get a oh, win on the card as well for uh, Phil Kirby. I was speaking to her connections team. after the race. She was out, they were absolutely ecstatic because they didn't have a, they were worried about Vision Dupuy, uh, the skeleton horse, Matt Manners, because they said they don't know much about it. And she, she, the owner said that's the most she's been, owner breeder said it's the most she's been nervous for the race uh, about watching Lady Buttons run. So great, great to see for great connections. And Phil Kirby's a cracking trainer who just needs that big break, doesn't he? Yeah, and on on over at Ascot on the Saturday, I say we're not really gonna spend loads of time talking about Gumball and Vindication, who both won the races we discussed on our preview. Vindication looked well suited by the step up to three miles. I would have loved to see him in Charlie Hall. Gumball's already had one of these on it. Uh, always looked like he's had one of these in him, and he's got it under the way. I quite like this horse's attitude. Yeah, you know, Ben Jones is an exceptional jockey as well. He's been riding out of his skin at this moment in time, and yeah, I, I, I think Gumball's just been one of them horses that's knocks on the door, doesn't he? Yeah, but the main talking point from Ascot Jim came in the Burn Group handicap chase. It's kind of been done to death already, Jim, but I'm, I find it's interesting because it's it's a sort of racing does have rules for this, but it's so it's so rare that no one's actually thought about them. No, you know. So I'm sure you'll have all seen Diego de Charmil, uh rugby tackle Capeland at the last uh, go on to win the race. Capeland was disqualified though. Uh, it looked like he was coming with an arguable winning run as well before he was, you know, clotheslined by uh, Paul Nichols and Lorcan Williams as uh, well the two stable mates. Brian he was on Capeland, Lorcan on Diego de Charmil. Uh, Capeland thrown out I think he came home in 5th or 4th Diego de Charmil allowed to keep the race Jim first of all are these are the rules right should Diego de Charmil have kept the race uh, are the rules right yes should he have kept the race no did the BHA stewards on the day follow the rules I don't think they did elaborate please Um Reading Kevin Blake's article, his articles are exceptional every week, uh, he pointed out these two uh, on the BHA website. The panel must make allowance for the momentum and ground lost by the sufferer or by imagining it had an in, ininterpreted run to the line. And the other one is the panel must not make an allowance for any effect of the horse causing the interference. Now, I think that 
I, I, well, it's obvious Diego de Sharma would have won, wouldn't he? I don't know. Capeland was... Cape Battling away next to him? Yeah, Kate, look, I, I don't think... I think you could have said Diego de Sharma was a likely winner, but it wasn't 80-20. It was 60-40 in the balance. Capeland was had more momentum than Diego de Charmel. The gap was narrowing rather than extending. Do you think? I still think Diego de Charmel would have picked up. He was still off the bridle. Um on the bridle, sorry. Um, I'm just not a just not a hundred percent sure that it was really the right decision to be honest. I don't think Caitlin should have got disqualified. I know he went through the side of the fence. But yeah, but well, the the victim in this situation is Capeland, and the one who's been punished is also Capeland. Yeah. So how does that how does that make sense? But the, have you seen the interesting facts that came out yesterday? Capeland's not being put up any pound in the weight for that performance. That leaves him dangerous for next time out. It does. It does. But Diego Deschamps being put up. Yeah, but it's thirty-seven grand. Thirty-four grand they've lost out on if they were going to win. Twelve grand if they were second. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it's. it's Pays for the fees money. for the year, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it's you've got a you've got a horse who has done nothing wrong and has been kicked out, and the horse who was, you know, who was into who's caused the interference has been allowed to keep the race, and it is the rule. I I am in favour of not touching. Not touching rule changes as often as possible, really. Uh, you know, amending results like they do in America. You know, immediate, immediate uh, placing behind the horse. Yeah, thing. I'm not in favour of stuff like that because it doesn't lead to any leeway. Yeah, I it, it doesn't lead to leeway. I but the, the problem on this situation is Diego de Charmil one has extend well has extended his advantage, the chief's chance to win the race, by doing what he did to Capeland. Yeah. Correct? He's, yeah. He's, he's ran out a likely winner of that race by doing that, and therefore has been allowed to keep it. Capeland has done nothing wrong and, and has been thrown out. Also, the point, a point I read, oh, who was it in the racing poster jockey? I can't remember. Uh, Bridget Andrews, I think, possibly. I think might have been. Possibly Bridget Andrews, who talked about in a bumper, if you go through the wing... You 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 disqualified, aren't you? No. Capelin didn't go around the outside of the no, fence. No, it, it was still inside it, it, the it, wing. It was inside the wing. That's the right course in a bumper. Yeah. So if the wings of the fences are there, what's a you know? What's the point of having it? Capelin's gone through. Technically, where the where the fence starts and finishes, he's gone through a strange part of it. And that that'd be what I'd see as well. The fact that I didn't have to. Jump it. If it had been pushed out and gone through the yeah. side of the wing, yeah, I, th I, I think they'd have had a better case of disqualification. If the plastic went flying, then there'd be a proper reason, wouldn't there? But the fact that somehow they've still managed to actually get up, like, Caitlin's still got over the fence, hasn't It's not like the fence isn't there. No, well, he's, he's kind of got through the gap between the fence and the wing, but he's still on the right side of the yeah. wing. You know, so to me, I wouldn't... Look, Judge Jimbo, Stuart Jimbo... They come to you after this race. Diego de Charmil, Lorcan Williams says, let me keep the race, Brian. He says... Does does this ma does my opinion count if I've had a bet in the race? Oh, no, you... Because I back Clondor Castle. Yeah, you want, you want to throw them both out so I, Clondor I, Castle could I, win. I, I wanted Diego de Charmil and Caitlin out of the race just so that I could have Clondor Castle as a winner. And that is Mr. Watson in a nutshell. Do away with fairness, whatever benefits him financially the most. <laughs> In is what we want. Miserable little world. You know, I am a, I am a much more model human being, Jim, and I think the right course of action to take would have been. I would have dis just disqualified both of them. No, I don't. I wouldn't have disqualified Capeland. No, but I think I would have. Oh, I don't know whether I'd allowed Diego to win the race because then you look at Clondor Castle, who, let's be fair. Was nowhere near, but that, no. that, that, that but that, that, that shouldn't affect That's the rules. That's beyond the point. That shouldn't, yeah. It's like, like if a horse, that shouldn't a loose affect horse the rules. Jags, that jags a horse away past the fence. That's it. Should, yeah, it shouldn't affect the rules. So, you're right. You're right. That you know how far behind Condor Castle was shouldn't affect the rules. Now I think that's why Diego de Charmil did that because that because the loose horse put him off. Yeah, the loose yeah, horse oh, yeah. Was in his own little world in front, and the pack animals aren't they? Yeah, and I'm not a horse psychologist or anything, but. I think it was the loose arse, and it's just—it's one of them. It's a talking point, isn't it? I—I—I I, I think the rules are wrong. Yeah. I think the rules are wrong. I think they benefit—they benefit the offender, 
rather than the victim. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I am not I am not one of these who likes, you know, benefit of the doubt, I agree, should go towards the horse who fa- passes a post first. Not like America where they throw everyone out. Yeah, because they're not in their own lane or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But I think we give... I like having a bit of leeway. I think we give too much leeway to the offender. I'd have had to give Diego... De, I'd have had to throw Diego de Chamel out. And this, if this was a race on the flat and he drifted like he would, that he would have and taken Caitlin to the other side... Yeah, of course he would. Of course he would have done. Uh, I'll give the race to Sperodek because I like him. Even though he finished sixth, <laughs> he's a nice horse to have on a cracker as well. He jumped out in front and jumped magnificently. Stepped down a trip would be right interesting. Stepped down from 2-1 two, to 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ill. He's Let gonna, me off. Yeah, Jim Jim needs a wind up today. He's, he has been making a Wheezy. noise. Yeah, that you'd say. Is that it for all of the sat- uh, for last week's action, Jim? We've we're, got- we're forgetting one major horse that ran on Sunday at Carlisle that we haven't talked about apart from in the introduction. Oh, God, yeah, we've been here for 40 minutes. This season's Cheltenham Gold Cup winner lost in translation. How good was he at the weekend? Pop, 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 pop. Fucking brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, and to the racing TV person who created all of them... That footage of all every single one of his jumps. Thank you. Well done. Give that man a pay rise because I've, how many times have you watched that video? Because I must have been at least 30 times. Oh, I can't count the numbers that high. Poss- possibly more. Um, it was a cracking performance. Uh, people, st- how can people... Oh, it w- this was winding me up. Sunday night, everyone was... I'd say 75% of the Twitter audience was absolutely buzzing about his performance. But there was that small 25% that was it. Go on, you have a go. You have a go at him. You can't jump like that in a Gold Cup. Well, who cares? The first one of the season, he's just absolutely slaughtered Count Maribel. I know he said it by two and a quarter lengths, but he has done that impressively. Were you not entertained by that? Were you not entertained by Lost in Translation? No. Go on, Jim. Oh, it really infuriated Go me. on, Jim. We'll stick up for the boy. And you are right. This wasn't a Gold Cup. He doesn't have to jump like that in the Gold Cup. What this was was style. Yeah. What this was was sexy horse racing, Jim. That's like... His jumping was like watching Altior jump last season. Oh, mate. It was absolutely unreal. He's going to win the Gold Cup. I don't don't care what anyone says. There's nothing now that's got me in my mind to think that he's not going to win the Gold Cup. And I'm well aboard the gravy train and... I I hope he doesn't let me down. He's an absolute beauty of a horse. Pictures, I think... Jordy, is it Jordy standing? Put pictures on Twitter. He's just absolutely beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to see him run next time out because it could be Betfair Chase. Bristol Demi versus Lost in Translation. If that does not get you excited as a horse racing fan, I don't know what will. No, you're right. He was absolutely foot perfect, and it was just like I say. Sometimes he doesn't. You don't have to be. You don't have to be the best. Don't let me run though. Count Mirabel and Kildare are no mugs. Lost in translations, won it by two and a quarter lengths, but it it, it it could have done it by thirty two if he wanted. An- to. Another rant, another rant. People telling me that Kildisart and Count Maribel had a chance against him. There was a reason why he was one to two. People going Tizard's horses aren't running well first time out. He should be beating these, genuinely. So why were people even fancying other horses in the race? Oh, Jim's yeah. angry at people having opinions against Lost no in one Translation. Has an, no one should have an opinion against the best horse in training at all. The Colin Tizard, Minister of Propaganda. Oh, Colin, my, if you need life. me to back up anything you say, fire away. I, I didn't see Colin it's, Tizard this weekend. I saw Joe, at Weatherby, Joe Tizard were there and Joe Tizard were at Carlisle. I don't know if Colin was there. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long trek, isn't it? It's yeah. a long trek. It's a long trek from where they live. Yeah, so... I think the main thing we can take away from this is that Lost in Translation Wins everything. Is, is going to win the Gold Cup. And that if you say a bad word against Lost in Translation... I'm coming for you. Jim Watson is going to knock on your door oh. with four large men, even larger than himself, which <laughs> yeah. is a hard feat to find, and uh, kick your head in. Yeah, because you might as well get on him to win the Triple Crown because he's going to win the Betfair Chase, he's going to win the King George, and he's going to win the Gold Cup. Actually, being sensible for a minute, which I think I know you think you, I think you are being sensible... Which of the three would he be likeliest not to win? If he turned up in all three, would you be most concerned about him against Bristol Demi in his own backyard, in the King George on a different type of track, or in the Gold Cup, where it's more of a stamina test? I'd be most scared about the Gold Cup. Would you? Yeah. I'd be more. I'd because be... I think he'd, I think he'd beat Bristol Demi. 
at Haydock. He beat him in his home yard every day of the week, every time. And I'm going to... You can clip this clip, listeners, because when he gets thrashed by him in a couple of weeks' time, you can go, you know nothing. I've stopped listening to this podcast. But he is going to absolutely kick his ass in that. King George, I think it's made for him. Bring on Clondy Zorbo. Who, who even is he? And Gold Cup. He's been all speed throughout his career, two mile four. I think he's definitely got the speed for oh, I love the it. stamina. Oh, I'm so excited. I love it. I love it. I thought we're hyping up a boxer. I absolutely love it. But we are so in lock, lost, lost in translations, Con. It's unbelievable. And I need to go and delete the episode of Turf Talk from about this time last year where I laugh at you for calling him a future Gold Cup horse. Fair play, Jim. You've spotted that a long, long, long way out. I just love the fact that now people are coming to the realisation that he's actually going to win the race. As soon as he finished second last season... <coughs> oh, I'm dying on again. debut, wasn't it? As soon as he, yeah, and everyone's slagging him off. And I just thought, oh, I can't wait for the next year's Gold Cup market. And as soon as this year's Gold, last, well, this year's Gold Cup was run, I was like, right, what price is he? Look down, 16 to 1, I'll have a bit of that. And he was mine. I'd have backed him straight after last year's Gold Cup. And, oh, I can't wait. Really, really can't wait to see him run again. No, it's been a cracking weekend of action. and We've managed to go 45 minutes without talking about it, and most about 30 of that's been lost in translation. Yeah, but what... I and mean, we nearly it's... forgot about him as well. How did you nearly do that? My oh, voice has suddenly gone all right. What's going on? So you're excited. It's, it's uh, positive vibes, Jim. You're talking about your favourite horse, and your positive vibes have, have made you not cough for five minutes for the first time in this podcast. <laughs> We've done well, we've done well. No, unfortunately, we are going to have to stop talking about Lost in Translation for at least a quarter of an hour because we've got Wing Canton to preview this weekend. Just the three races we'll talk about. Unfortunately, the flat's back for the weekend with a November handicap. Uh, but we will start with the Rising Stars Novices Chase, Grade 2. It's normally one of those early season uh, novice chases that doesn't tend to take much winning but reserve and reserve tank. Heads are betting a general even money favourite. Bally Moy also beaten on his debut like Reserve Tank was at 4-1. to 9-2, Vision Deflo, who had a go at novice chasing last season, didn't he? In fact, running, did he not run in this race? No. But he was beaten by Bags Groove, yeah. who did win this race. And if you say run, the mayor for Paul Nichols, Vision Deflo, did you say? Were you talking about then? Vision Deflo, yeah. He ran at Chepstow. If I remember, a long, long time. It might have been even two seasons ago. I'm pretty sure he ran at Chepstow in a, in a chase. Is this relevant? Yeah, at Foss Lass. He ran at Foss Lass in a chase. He, yeah. has, he has been chasing. He got beat by Bags Groove. Yeah, that's... Have you already said that? That's literally what I just I'm said. I'm so sorry. I'm that's sorry. literally what I just said. I'm but it's brilliant. No, we'll, ca- we'll carry on. We'll keep it in. You're not a well man today, Jim. We'll allow it. We'll <laughs> allow it for today. I'll be sympathetic. Uh, and the likeable Solomon Gray as well. He's in there for Dan Skelton's. Uh... Jim, weird race, weird race. It is because uh, we all like Reserve Tank, and he was anti-post fab for the JLT. Still on Friday morning, ahead of Sam Crow. Yeah, he has to win this. He has to because well, last time he would have won if he jumped better at the last. Would you agree? Uh, no. No. All right. No, I don't think he would have done. Do you think even money's a too short a price for this race? Yes, I do. If it, I, in my eyes, it's more of a two to one, fifteen to eight shot. Um, we talked about him at the beginning of this series of turf talk. Really, uh, his win at Punchestown was exceptional. And Daintree, he looked like he was made for fences. He's sl- there's a slight bump in the road, but that's how. We, let's have a look how he overcomes it. At the prices, he's not for me. I don't really want to be touching him at even money. If I'm being honest. I mean, it could be silly because with, with that experience under his belt, he could just be a lot, a hell of a lot better than these. He could be, but I find Wincanton chase track quite sharp, um, and I don't think that will really suit him. If I'm being honest, uh, I know, I know uh, he's he's won over two mile four, but Punchers Town, Aintree, nice big galloping tracks, Chepstow similar. I'm, I'm not quite sure whether this track will ideally suit him. But he, he deserves his place in the market. He's only a five-year-old. He's going novice chasing. And he's had a run already. There's a bump in the road. But for me, even money, I won't be picking him. Who would you take him on with then, Jim? Bit of a cliff horse. Vision the flaws, as we've 
I've mentioned him already about 15 times. Um, it's just, I just can't get that listed win at Exeter out of my brain. I know he's beat not a lot, but he beat them by 31 lengths. That was back as, as an obvious hurdler yeah. two seasons ago. And, I, and I'm still well aboard him. Um, his, his form was... Well, it was a good novice he was, he was six. He was six behind Sam Crow at Cheltenham. He was second to the Draconian at, Ask, at Punchestown. The, oh, he's, he's novice We're not talking about La Law or Layla at all. Um, he's beat If the Cat Fits last season and then he's National gone on... spirit hurdle. Yeah, and then he's gone on to bigger and better things. I, I'm, I'm willing to give him a go. I've always thought he is a chaser, uh, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, he's a big unit of a horse and I, I think I'm willing to give him another go and at 9-2 to two, there's 5-1 to one around him going to be an absolute knob and be a muggy each way 5-1 to one Do you think they both run though? Two side runs is two against each other I think he'd have to Why not? Then you know where they stand with each other because you know Vision de Flow is a decent standard of of hurdler he's two, rate two pound higher but you know the potential of reserve time why not yeah fair enough Ballymoy as well wasn't bad on chasing debut against Newby Negro over a trip too sharp but I don't think he was as good a hurdler as Vision de Flo or, or reserve time yeah not by much but you'd like to see yeah I, I'd, I'd be fractionally with you on Vision de Flo it's n- it's not a race I'd be confident no, with on but anything. But like there's there's horses in it like Byron Fra- Flyer is ultra consistent, flat and jump performer. He's a horse that could pick up these early sort of season races. He's had two novice chases already. All a bit. He's not beat a lot. He beat passing Colin Pink Eyed Pedro. But he's a horse that does well with racing. He's been on the flat majority of the season. He could pick up an early season novice chase quite easily he's, he's fit, probably fitter than most of these even though some of them have had runs the only horse that I don't really fancy is this if you say run if I'm being honest right the mare of the of the top of the field she was tidy on her debut but look it was just a mare's novice chase around Worcester it wasn't very much this isn't a race I'm I'm struggling to get excited about if no. I'm honest this is a race I'm struggling to get excited about though reserve tank if he turns it on maybe we get excited oh, again Garo de Julie. Are we overlooking that? Yes, we are. A 16 are. to 1, second to Slate House. I thought he ran really, really well that day. Picked off his rival, rivals later on, and I can see him running big in a handicap at Sandown the, or Aston the, the later fact, on in the season. Mate, the fact that you've mentioned almost everything suggests to me it's not a race anyone has an, op- yeah, we have, yeah. we have an opinion Fair in. Fair dues. And I think it's best off that we move on to the 3 o'clock, the Unibet Elite Hurdle. Uh, Fusel Raffles, trained and owned by Unibet, oh sorry, Nicky Henderson, uh, is a 7-4 to four favourite, 5-2 uh, to two the Patriots, 7-2 to two then for the Paul Nichols pair, Kelder Stan and Grand Sonsi, 6 as Christopher Wood, 8 Brandon Castle, 10s beak the judge, and 100-1 to one top beak, uh, Jim Fusel Raffles, if he's going to be a champion hurdler, he wins this. Yeah, I, I really like the chances of him in, in our Cheltenham preview at the start of, start of this series and I, I think he should be going on to win this to be brutally honest um, I, I think I think what he did at uh, Punchestown was very very good and what he's done at Kempton was very good I, I, I think the Patriot have on, they, a, on a four timer have, have they reached a ceiling now after the Swinton is he really going to be good enough to be competing at this higher level at grade twos out of a handicap off equal weights off top weight, he'll, yeah. he'll be running off one yeah. five four. Yeah, is it? Do you think? No, I I, I think he he's had his fun, hasn't he? If I'm being brutally honest, uh, he's done great for connection since being picked up for Dr. Richard Newland. He does well with these sorts of horses. Yeah, it's that time of year as well. Uh, well done to le- him, but he's not going to win. Late April, early May. Yeah, it's kind of Dr. Richard Newland's time of year, start of summer. It was it was on fire through the summer, wasn't it? Uh, different gravy taking on better horses this time around off a higher weight uh, if I was to take on Fusel Raffles Jim and I don't think I will I think he's a likely winner of this race it'd be with Kelder Stan yeah. who's, who's been a good mate of mine uh, since he first came to these shores you know I was with him a couple of times last season I was with him on anti-post of the triumph connections had everyone's pants down at Bath and 
did them did everyone a good favourite Cheltenham by winning him back. That was a good performance. He'd, he'd probably need to step up again. He's up seven pounds for that. Uh, the three Nichols horses in this I, I really like Christopher Wood, Grand Sansi, and Kedestan. Uh, they're all decent enough sorts, I think. I, I really like Christopher Wood last season. I thought it was good. <coughs> Sorry about that. And even looking even further down, Brandon Castle is a horse I I love because he's a. Didn't you? I backed did, him did for the back each way for the Supreme. Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, I only fancied him because he was 150 to one, and I thought that was an absolute ludicrous price for a horse. All a bit, he, all his hurdles and runs were plumped, and he was three from three. But going into the race, he ended up going off 25 to one, and and he pulled up, and he pulled up, but he ran <laughs> well enough. I thought there, there was enough promise in that to think that he could pick some nice races up. He was a bit disappointing in that. You're going to get annoyed at this, but the Sussex champion hurdle, um, the handicap, and he was well beat that day. But he's a bit of a horse that's, if he's given a lead, he's dangerous, and he'll just settle in front and he'll go. And there's there's worse bigger prices in this race that you could go. For. Eight to what? Well, he's eight to one. There's worse it's eight not. to ones. I'm I'm bigger prices. I've got twelves in front of me. So, Bottom line though, Jim, Fusel Raffles wins this. Fusel Raffles wins. I think he, he's my sort of idea of a champion hurdle type. And the big feature staying handicap of the week, the best sort of race, is the Badger Ales Trophy at Wincanton. The market headed by present man looking for three in a row in this race for Paul Nichols and Bryony Frost. You can get eight to one Johannos, Lil Rockefeller, who's also in at Sandown on Sunday. Uh, West approach, tw- rest approach, eight to one, which means he'll go off about f- two to one favourite. <laughs> White Moon eight to one. Give me a copper nines, tens and bigger. The remainder they include Justice Sting, Young Master, Boda Breeze, Cloth Cap, and Rock the Casbah. Uh, Jimbo, do you have any strong opinions on this race? Um, Who do you find most interesting? I think White Moon's the most obvious for me. Boom, shake, shake the room. Uh, That'd be mine. Um, He's a short six to one in places. He was going to win last time, wasn't he, at Wincanton when he fell? Um, I, I think he's the interesting sort in, in this race. He, he was looks like he'll the better the further he goes, the better he'll get. Yeah, he was slightly disappointing. Would you say last season? Um, That's as good as he is, isn't it? He's about look. He's maybe I low thought he was a bit stronger than better than what he was. Yeah, probably at the start of his career, may, maybe he'd have hoped he for him being me a, the world and delivered me with a handicap. Um, I th- that's not a saying that's going to catch on. Um, he's probably my most likely winner in this. If he can still get eight to one, I think he's a cracking each way bet. And if that falls, not hampered him in any way, shape, or form, he should be competitive. No, I I agree with that. He's the one that stands out most to me in this market. I'd also give shouts to Bo the Breeze, who was second in that race. White Moon should have won. Yeah. Uh, and he probably paid the price for having the scrap with White Moon up the home straight and he was just done on the line by Wandering Star who who didn't quite have to battle as hard to get to the front as Bo de Brise had. Uh, he's been running well uh, this summer. He's been on the go for a while, but a mark of 139, should it be beyond him? And I'd also like to give a mention as well, I'm not sure where he's going here because he's 16 to 1 and I'd assume he was shorter if he was going, but walking the mill, we said the same thing about him last week. Isn't he just solid? Yeah, he is. In this sort of race. He's always on his race one and he'll be there and thereabouts and there's still juice off his one, mind. One, four, one, four, two. Two, one four two is, is a very, very fair fair price. I like Royal Vacation as well, just in general. He's a horse I backed anti-post of the Grand National last season and then he didn't turn up, which was a shame. One with about 50 horses you back for the Grand National. Including the winner and mm. the third. So we'll so we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good race. Nice to see if present man can do it again. Although one four eight steep steep steep, but he is a right favourite. He's a right favourite coming coming on it for a free timer. Uh, Santini is entered to make his seasonal debut at Sandown on Sunday. There's only five opposition. We don't. I really have time to talk about that race. Uh, interesting to see if he can get it back on a winning track. So when I put on Twitter on uh, Saturday on Sunday night, sorry, lost in translation, number one British contender for the Gold Cup. Most of the replies were, have you forgot about Santina? Yeah. No, I haven't. I just think Lost in Translation is better than him. Same. Uh, though, a bit great to see what he can do 
this weekend. As like we said, there's a really good card at Exeter today as well. Holden Gold Cup's a race I love talking about. Unfortunately, there's no point because this will go out once the race has finished. Uh, paddle your own canoes running as well in the novice chase. He's got the worst name in trading because how many letters can a racehorse name be, Jim? Is it 14? Have I made that up? 14? No, it's going to be more. Letters. How many, were, how many letters are in Lost in Translation? Oh, just let me go to sleep and get back in my hole. 18. 18, year old. Paddle your own canoe. It's, it's not spelt paddle, is it? It's paddle. Yeah. But he's only got 17 letters in his name. So they could have spelt it right if they wanted to. They've not had to spell it wrong to fit it in. There is, there, they would have been allowed the extra D. They would have been allowed him to call him Paddle Your Own Canoe instead of Paddle Your Own Canoe. That's really aggravating. It's really here, irritating. It? It's really, really irritating. <coughs> yeah, it's you. You go lay down, go lay down, have a sleep, find a cradle, and then sleep in that and have some soup, eat it off a ladle, off and a then we'll watch Paddle Your Own Canoe oh. win. I actually this afternoon, which he should do, to be fair. A nice horse as well. Just his name infuriates me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, now that you've told me that, that's slightly... It infuri- it's up there with Definitely Red. I was, I, I ended up backing Definitely Red at the weekend, but that really hurt me to back him because of the way he spelt his name. Lewis Tomlinson and James Watson love grammar. <laughs> we'll be back next week for some more of this nonsense. Uh, we might have a big, a big one because it's here... Bet Victor meeting, isn't it? We might have a bit of a monster session for that. It's something we did. We went horse by horse last year, didn't we, for the for the Bet Victor? I hope I'm feeling better next week if we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, we built, Just go go to bed, Jim. Dream of lost in translation. Watch that video I've over and over again. Bedroom. Watch it over and over again. And we'll be back with some more turf talk next week. Thanks a lot to everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, retweet, share. Give us five stars on all your podcast apps. Uh, We really appreciate all the support and we'll see you all soon. See ya.